Hello, everyone. Welcome to Curious K Podcast. Uh, my name is Kolakbo, and I'm your host. Uh, today is a very special episode, and this episode is dedicated to the International Day of the Girl Child, uh, which was celebrated on October 11. And on that note, uh, we are bringing in a female entrepreneur on the show, and she's just going to share amazing insight on, on what she's building. And uh, I'm very excited to introduce Sandra Bakari. She's a founder of brown pay uh, which is a multi-currency crypto remittance platform that connects the african market to the rest of the world and she's also doing some other amazing stuff and interestingly she's also a medical doctor and and she's not practicing and as you know curious Kid podcast is a show where we have amazing conversation uh, with startup founders that are making impact on the African continent. Welcome to Curiosity Podcast, Sandra. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Yeah, so how are you doing today? Well, I'm good. It's another day of uh, work. So, a lot of brainstorming and uh, work, especially for startup like like ours. Yeah, but the day is going on very well. So it's another day of continuous brainstorming and uh, work and trying and changing and trying all over again. But overall, the day is going on well. Amazing. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, as you know, uh, the the International Day of the Girl Child uh, is celebrated in the week. And the essence of this conversation is just trying to give unique perspective about female founders, female entrepreneurs, and just try to showcase that part of, of the of the Nigerian or African technical system. So let's go back a bit. Can you give us a background into how you started? I know you're a medical doctor, so just give us a background into, uh, into how you started and your, your path into entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I fully started entrepreneurship uh, two years ago because uh, I studied medicine and most of my years were in the hospital, my medical school, just doing all of medical subjects and all of that. But then uh, I know that from a very young age, I'd always been interested in money, anything that has to do with money. And uh, money, I money. Could remember, <laughs> yeah, I could remember very well that at a very young age, when I would be given money to take to school after my lunch pack I always ended up saving all my money and uh, so that helped me from a very young age to just in 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 my little understanding then of how to start saving money and of course uh, once you can know how to save money at a very young age you start thinking of okay apart from saving how can my money multiply and uh, apart from multiplying once, as, as, as I started growing, I started thinking of, okay, so how can I build a legacy? And uh, so that was where the whole entrepreneurship desire, even as an undergraduate while in medical school, it was, it was so tedious. I indul- indulged myself in a lot of um, activities that has to do with finance, entrepreneurship, attended conferences, I attended shows and I did some couple of buying and selling in normal school area. 
some failed and some worked out. So after graduation, I just knew that uh, this was what I wanted to do because it was more of passion. It was something I would wake up and, ex and be so excited to want to do. And the ideas, the, the challenges and everything, it was like I was ready and I wanted to be built. I was built in, on a level, but I wanted to build myself more on those challenges. So I... I totally dived into entrepreneurship. Then, so when you're in medical school, I mean, were you running businesses at that point as well? Yes, yes, I was running businesses. So because uh, I didn't school in Nigeria, the first I remember my first year, it was it was cold. It was very cold. All of us that arrived the same time I arrived, everybody was so cold and. The clothes their parents bought from them from Nigeria was light. So I saw the problem. Then I went to the market to go and get uh, sweatshirts, like very thick sweatshirts and turtlenecks. Then I sold it to them, like times two, making double, <laughs> double the capital. And all of us were, were, were all new in, in the environment. We were all new in the environment. So that was where I started from. And it's funny because uh, they were like, oh, please, I want, I want. Then I just, I continued selling. And the advantage of that, uh, my mom, my mom sells clothes. My mom used to sell clothes. So uh, that uh, initial um, knowledge actually helped okay. me. That's so why I started selling winter clothes, winter clothes. And, I think after like six months, I figured out that, okay, these people, a lot of them are having issues with their air. The African air is different from the white man's air and they couldn't find attachments. There were limited amounts of people selling. In fact, there were very few amount of people and the people that had it, it always gets sold out very easily. So I was like, okay, this is another problem. <laughs> so I started selling that too, air products, clothes, and then it started from um, just selling to just a couple of people to selling to all the Africans in the whole country. So I actually had to hand over the business to someone else because fourth year and uh, clinicals of medical school became so tedious. So I had to hand it over to someone else. Amazing. I mean, that's a very, very interesting story. All right. So, I mean, for you, I mean, trying to solve a problem was just the go-to for you. If there is a problem, they automatically, uh, it's like inbuilt, you want to solve that problem. Because you said, like, you had, like, um, other folks from Nigeria as well, you know. But for you, you were able to just move and, and look for a way to solve the problem. You were making money. I think that's, that's really very interesting. <laughs> ah, so yeah. let's move to Brown Pay. So, so what led okay. to you starting out Brown Pay uh, as a platform? Well, what problem were you trying to solve uh, with, with Brown Pay? Okay, so just like the initial one that I saw that my classmates were having issues, also is uh, the remittance and cross-border in and out of Nigeria has been very obvious to be a challenging issue all over the world, especially from Africa. And uh, 
I saw, I saw some of my friends get expelled from school because they couldn't pay fees. And yeah, you might say, wow, is it that their parents did not have the money? No. The sad part is that their parents had the money, but they could not send it to their children to pay their fees. Why? Because of the limited amount of options for sending remittance out of Nigeria. I know there is the option of Form A, but we all know the politics behind it. It's not very easy for you to just walk into the bank and say, oh, I want to, I want to pay for my child's school fee. Like that, you must either know somebody or you must be a current customer in the bank for that to work effectively and for it to be fast. And even if you go ahead to use the Form A, it takes, it can take close to three weeks, even a month, before the recipient school receives this money. And all these little, little things actually destroy the lives and education of a lot of students in different parts of the world. And this wow. is, this, yes, in different parts of the world. This is, this is a known problem. So that, that, that's the problem I was actually, uh, that's the problem I am solving right now with Brown Bay. Amazing. So people actually dropped out because their parents in Nigeria can't effectively uh, send funds to them to pay their tuition fee? Yes. It happens. Wow. It has happened to two of my friends and a couple of people that I know. There are, what about all these other platforms like Western Union? Uh, there are other pay platforms that try to for remittances that people send in, uh, can those platforms also be used to send out money uh, you know, to different European countries? Or where were you schooling at that time? Okay, so I was schooling in Ukraine, and uh, there is a limit to all those platforms, especially okay. from Africa. We know it's a very big problem. Right now, you cannot send out of Nigeria using Western Union. You can only receive, and the receiving became easy because of uh, the latest CDM rule that uh, dollar is available for people to pick up at the bank, that banks are open for people to pick up remittances from Western Union, MoneyGram, and uh, maybe SendWave and all of that. And we all know that that's just to um, increase the dollar reserve or revenue of the country so these other platforms they are very very limited they are not open to the african economy and if also if you're to send school fee is like six thousand seven thousand if you're to send there's a limit of a thousand sometimes maybe two thousand or if you're so lucky three thousand all right, all right, but but you're doing this with crypto, right? Uh, because your platform is a, is a multi crypto crypto remittance platform, right? So why why crypto? Okay, so let me switch it a little bit. Uh, it is it is being solved with a blockchain technology. It is being solved with a blockchain technology, and um, all right, yes. And uh, we're going to call ourselves a decentralized finance platform. And that is what we're building. In the sense that everything is going to be done without using the, the usual platform and ways, without the involvement of 
governmental bodies and policy without any of that. So it's going to be totally decentralized, which means that the people are going to be the ones to determine almost everything. We are just there to build the blockchain and live and uh, we're using the blockchain system to solve this particular problem. And I would like to call this system more like a decentralized finance, which means it's like giving the power to the people. Everybody on the platform is going to be able to make their choice and determine how they want their money to be received or to be sent. And so which means that every user on the platform is going to, they are going to be the ones to determine everything that is going to happen. So it's not going to be regulated. It has no, uh, it does not include regulation from other regulatory bodies, or it's not a particular company that is in charge of one person's transaction. Is your platform live now? Is the platform oh, live? Oh, uh, the platform is almost close to live. All right. All right. Yeah. So you're using blockchain, right? Uh, which is a decentralized platform to solve this problem. And mm -hmm. um, part of the value proposition is people can receive money in the local currency or wherever you send it to, right? Yes. In so do I, have to use, yeah, do I have to use Bitcoin for this transaction mm. or you have your mm. own unique coin or how? Yes, that is a beautiful part. You do not have to use Bitcoin for this transaction. In fact, you may not even understand what Bitcoin is. And you don't need to understand what Bitcoin is to use our platform. And also, we're going to be having our own unique token, which is going to aid transactions on our platform. So it's almost like we're building, we're building a power to the people and for the people, but using a token that would also be decentralized. I'm, I'm looking forward to that solution because that's really going to disrupt a whole lot of a whole lot of things when it comes to trade. And what is what is, what is the commission like? How does it work? Uh, if you can just run run me through it briefly. Uh, for example, I'm in Nigeria and I want to send money to someone in Ukraine via brown pay what is the simple process okay uh the process is very simple it is commissionless because it's defi and uh the speed time our projected speed time is nothing less than nothing more than 30 minutes maximum for each receive both the receiver and the sender to get a confirmation that their money has been received on the other end and it has been sent on the other end. So you just come on our platform. There is a portal where you have to click, um, uh, I want to register. You have to register first. Then when you come on the platform after registering, then you have a portal where you can either choose to trade because there, our portal is going to be solving two different problems. You can trade your Bitcoin on our portal to any local currency, or you can just use it for remittance. So let's say you want to use it for remittance, you just click send money. Just the same way you can go on, which platform can I use? Maybe you can just go on TransferWise and just click send to this country. So we also give you that same option and opportunity. 
you click send you put in the amount you want to send you get an account account number and then your recipients get it everything is going to as it's moving the beautiful part is because it's defi we're going to be showing you how your money is moving right on your screen okay right now you've clicked sent you have paid your own money in nigeria it's going to show okay it's routing to ukraine it has gotten to ukraine but it has not gotten to your receiver right on your screen if you stay put in five minutes in two minutes it depends on how swift the transaction is going to be then you get a notification it has been delivered to your recipe so how was he uh, what was the process like building this technology right uh so oh, do you have all your team in-house Okay, so this part is going to be a little bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, we, we started this last year. And um, the truth is, we, we, the first time this system was built, we had a particular business model to use. And I remember it was in, there was a CBM rule saying that, okay, we... Uh, we go against crypto, working with the bank and all of that. So because that was our initial business model, we had to put it, the thing hit us like, boom, it was like a bullet. So wow. we had to just dice and look for a better way. And we did it again. We built the whole platform all over again. Then there was another news that said that MTOs must get licensed. MTOs, what is that? What is MTOs? Money transfer officers. Okay. Um, there were these people, there were these people, uh, Azimo, there was TransferWise, there was MoneyGram, because they would send and then people would receive in Naira. So this CBN released a rule that they had official license from SEC and CBN. So this was because we, we went through that route and that came again. So it was like another bullet. So this time around, we had for a long time to try out different models before we built it. So after so many trials and all of this to work, we decided to use this particular business model. And uh, this one is, well, maybe I would say um, trials helped us to make, because this one is totally decentralized, like power to every single person. You asked the second question that, uh, developers in house oh yes because in nigeria it might be very difficult for you to say you you have a goal you have a time to make something work without putting everybody together we know there's a problem of electricity and internet and maybe food especially for developers so bringing everybody in house and we're like many a lot of times we we work to Everybody we're back again at 7 a.m. That's that's the way we've been working for over over a month right now. I, I remember the conversation I had with uh, a startup founder to Coinwa. Uh, he already built his platform and uh, was about to launch when that circular came out that banks you stop uh, working with any crypto platform or any transaction that has to do with crypto. Bitcoin should be blocked. And it was like a big blow because, of course, for them too, they had to start rebuilding or tweak what they were building. So I can really connect and understand that part, you know. And um, that must be expensive for you. Are you building this solution in-house 
or what was it like funding to funding all right uh i understand the fact yes. that you've experienced <laughs> this problem right this was a problem you experienced while studying in ukraine and you want to solve that problem and funding is also a critical piece of that and building a very interesting technology like this is not cheap so tell us how has it been for you uh, raising the funds or pushing the product to this point? All right. So um, at the beginning of this conversation, I made mention that doing some, I involved myself in different businesses while as an undergraduate. I knew uh, I was going to create something that might actually require money because I remember even as an undergraduate, have different classes teaching people how to how to invest their money, buy stocks, buy crypto, save, and do all sorts of things just to make sure they have a lot of money. So so far, so far on this project, it has been fully bootstrapped. Fully bootstrapped. Because uh, the reason is because I see I see a pattern. I see a pattern in Africa. And uh, because, okay, let me start from this. I had one of my uh, lecturers involved in this project and he's actually the advisor of the company at the moment. He's, he's, he's American. So while having a very good discussion with him and I made mention of funding, simply because I understand that these people are in America or Europeans definitely do not understand the African problem and the issues, especially when it comes to cross-border and remittance in Africa, they just believe Western Union works or MoneyGram works or something else works. So they don't really understand how it works. He said something. He said, Sandra, if immediately your platform works, we can raise any amount of money. Wow. That was, that was a triggering factor for me. So at that point, because in it, I, had, I have uh, a startup that is into agro exports. I already raised fund for that one. It, it was not so big issue for me because I can just, I'm very good with just uh, putting my ideas out there and letting people buy into it. So when he said that, I just said, okay, I think I have to do this. I have to challenge myself with this one. Okay, so let me build this platform. Let us make it work. Once you work, then the sky is going to be our starting point. Yes, it has been super expensive. Yes, technology is expensive. It's extremely expensive. And, but everything, no external funding. And um, what you're focusing now on is because you understand the problem exists, you want to build the product and uh, then raise funds, all right? Is that bad? Yes, building of, yes. yes, building of the product. Because uh, immediately the product is built, I totally believe that the cost, the, like the, the, the commission or the, the income gotten from this product being built, and the more people are being served, the more money the company gets. And with that, there's going to be a lot of revenue for the company. With that, it's also easier to, to give yourself a name in the industry. With that, it's also very, very good to, to actually aim high. Because I, I totally believe that uh, 
once you can create a particular solution that is working and serves a large amount of people, it's very, very easy for you to dive and, and create something else. So that is exactly the, um, my ideology and what we're using to work with brown pain. Kind of maybe uh, extra treatment. Okay. It's just that the work, the work, there's already an imbalance in, 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 in work gender from the beginning of times. And that imbalance, it might take years and centuries for it to be balanced back. So tech is also um, another sector that, believe me, give it, give it 10 years, give it 20 years, two decades, you see a lot of women in tech. And by that time, it might even be more women than men because women are very good with really assimilating very fast and creating, pro and creating solutions very quick. So it's just... It's just a foundational ethical problem. Tech is going to, women are going to grow in tech in few decades to come and everything is going to be balanced. So yeah, I do not see it as a, it's a women, there's, a, there's an issue with women or something. No, it's the work ethics, the work skill has been imbalanced from, from beginning. And, and you're leading that part, right? You're one of the leaders doing that right now. Yes, because um, I also know that it's much more difficult for a, a girl child, especially in the African culture, it's much more difficult for some girl children to say they want to go to school. That is one. It's also much more difficult for some girl children to say they want to do some. They want to go into tech or into engineering because there's this still down to the ideology. And that's why I told myself that uh, I'm, I'm going to be one of the pioneers of girls going into tech, ladies going into tech in Nigeria. And I'm still working on that. That's, that's a very great one. And that takes me... Uh... Uh, to the event that you hosted uh, earlier this year, uh, maybe some months back, uh, tagged, uh, it's called Future Trottle, am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you did that with Rosenic Technology. So can you tell us about that event? What was the idea behind it? And what are you doing with Rosenic Technologies? Do you have two companies you're founding simultaneously? And um, then tell us about the event as well. It would be great to learn about what you're doing to, to grow the ecosystem. All right, okay. Uh, I would say that I have more than two companies I founded, actually. <laughs> All right, but well, let's talk about Rosenix Technology. So um, the solution Rosenix Technology wants to solve in Africa is logistics problem. And uh, we want to use different types of technology to solve logistics from from ride hailing to software solution to drone last mile delivery all sorts of logistics problem and all sorts of logistic solutions is what we want to deploy into africa because we also know that um technology is it's already now it's not what the future <laughs> technology is already the answer to everything now and there yeah. is one thing there is one thing that is lacking especially in this part of the world which is data and data is supposed to be expensive 
because data is what is what the big tech companies use right on to make income and revenue for themselves. So uh, we're going to be solving the logistics problems and also Rosnix technology is also a software technology in which we build all sort of technological solutions. So Rosnix technology is a spearhead building brown pay. Rosnix, right. yes, Rosnix technology is also a spearhead building solution. That's the software because it has a software part and it has the hardware part. The hardware part is a drone itself and the software part is a is the software the drone is going to work with and also for connecting both users and um, e-commerce merchants. That's the software part. And also, Rosen's technology is also building like two different softwares that I would not be able to talk about right now. So but everything is uh, our own personal solution that we're building is logistic solution. But other solutions, we can build any other solution for any other company that might like to use our services. Uh, you guys hosted the Future Trottle event. So what was the idea behind that, that event? Okay, so um, I think you made mention of something earlier, where you made mention of uh, the tech ecosystem. There, yeah, is no, there is no person with a brilliant idea that can work alone. No matter oh. what it is you actually have or you want to produce to the economy or to the society. So one of the aim of the event was to bring in different uh, tech companies that are solving one or more critical problems in Africa. Because the event, we had, we had Lagos State attend, we had uh, some investors also attended the event. So we wanted to showcase Africa to the world. It was live streamed also in America and in some part of Europe. And I'm glad that we were able to actually achieve that part. Another aim of the event was, was to let the audience know about the solution we are also bringing into the, um, into the space which everything was actually successful. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So are we expecting another event next year? Well, you are like the sixth person asking me this question. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there is actually a there is, there is 80% chance that this might happen. Because after that happened, we saw some companies connect uh, one of the companies that was doing EV, then another one that was also another, that was a tech company connected with them. Like different companies actually connected with each other. And the result or the, I would say the conversation is part of, it was actually part of our aim. So we'd love to do this over and over, especially bringing in tech companies that are solving major critical parts in the African space. We would love to do this again. Great. Uh, so just tell us, what is the future for Brown Pay? What is the future for Rosenix? What are the things you see, you know, happening in, in months and years down the line? Future for Brown Pay is, apart from Brown Pay being a solution to remittance, Brown Pay is also going to be 
a top-notch technological company and even software. And uh, one of our goals in the next five years, 10 years, is for Brownpay to be, to add as an API, to be integrated with payment systems, especially for merchants. So if, if Nigeria is trying to build the Naira, one of the ways Naira can be built is by encouraging exports. And how can exports be encouraged if as cannot even get their payments paid directly on their websites. So beautiful and different from every other payment platform. The fact that the initial aim is giving the power to the people. So everybody is still going to have power and they'll also be able to get their payments and they'll be happy, the payer is going to be happy. So in five years, Brown Pay should be uh, an API that will be integrated with other merchants, with, with companies, with e-commerce personnel, with different people, so they can get payment for their goods and services out of Nigeria. And the logistic part, Rosny's part, everything is to project Africa and Nigeria to the world. If payment is done, logistics out of Nigeria is done, what else do Thanks for sharing that, Sandra. Uh, so is there anything you'd like to tell us as, as we round off? Okay, so uh, I would like to say that I'm a very positive person and in as much as there is a lot of problems, I believe there's also a lot of solutions to it. And I love working with people so much. I love having teams and love working with people so to people who are listening to me if if if, if you like to partner because partnership is what makes technology technological solution a very solid one and if you like to partner and we are open to partnership if you have a very beautiful idea that you think uh, you want to build on we are open for partnership whatever it is Whosoever is listening, we are open for partnership on whatever it is you have to offer. Absolutely. Thank you. So thank you very much, Sandra Bakari, for being on the show today. It was amazing talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to Curious K Podcast. If you enjoyed this show episode, feel free to share with your friends. And, and don't forget just to drop us those reviews so that people can discover this amazing content. Thank you, everyone, and see you next time. Bye-bye.